It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Faster my crazy day, my packed commute, all those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. You are Locked On Vikings, your daily Minnesota Vikings podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On Vikings, Locked On Podcast Network. Tuesday morning, Twin Cities. Sam Ekstrom with you, at Sam Ekstrom on Twitter. Have you checked out some of the other shows on the network? I would recommend doing so. Locked on Packers with Bill Huber. Locked on Lions with Matt Derry. Locked on Bears, Brian Perez. And our flagship show, Locked on NFL with Matt Williamson. Slow news day in Vikings territory. All we've got to report are some more clarifications on the Mike Zimmer news from yesterday, we broke it on the show very late in the program, and I came to find out afterward that the news was released in conjunction with an interview that Mike Zimmer conducted with the Vikings radio flagship. So Zimmer announces his break, and then it was released shortly after by the team, but it sounded optimistic. His report sounds as if Zimmer is in a position where his eyes are going to be the best they've been as long as he takes this time off. And while this wasn't a planned procedure, this last surgery in May here, he said that his doctors love the way his eyes look. And as long as he follows their orders, he says they're going to have the best result they've had. So that's a positive. Sometimes I'm dubious whether or not Mike Zimmer's actually going to step away, though, and give his eyes the rest they need. I've always felt like the most strain you can put on your eyes is to read small print or focus on small screens and strain them in that fashion. And that's sort of what Mike Zimmer's going to be doing on his quote-unquote vacation. They're going to be sending him the practice cut-ups from their fancy new overhead field cams, and he'll be watching the film over at his ranch in Kentucky as he takes his hiatus. I don't think Zimmer has it in his DNA to completely step away from coaching and just forget about it and not do anything towards his goals. But to some extent, and I don't know all the details, but to some extent I have to think that the rigorous and unruly rehab that he's undergone is partially because of the way he works himself. Eight surgeries, seven months. He pushed himself too hard in the last regular season and had to miss time. And it's possible he did the same here in the offseason. We don't know. We don't know how closely he's been following orders. I have always likened this to Jerry Kill working too hard and finally reaching his breaking point with the Gophers. Different ailment, but same concept. Two blue-collar, hard-nosed guys who work day and night, toiling away at their craft, not knowing when to take the foot off the gas, and reaching max capacity. I think Mike Zimmer has gotten close to that point. I think that he's got enough good people in his ear, whether it's the Vikings organization, his son Adam, his daughters Vicky and Corey, 
telling him that he needs to care for himself. Because the reports are that Zimmer is going to have a high likelihood of similar issues arising in his other eye. So, if he does this rehab wrong and encounters other issues, well, you only have two eyes. And hopefully, once he restores vision to this eye, it'll take some of the strain off the other eye and maybe push that issue back a ways. But he's got a long road ahead still, and he can't afford to mess this one up or either or the other one. He said in his interview yesterday that he's delegated a lot to coaches, and I hope he sticks by that. I think Zimmer has always been willing to delegate, but he likes doing things himself. He's going to have to be a little more hands-off. Let his son, Adam, do some of the extra work. Allow George Edwards to run that defense. He did a great job in the Dallas game as the shot caller. Give him some leash. Zimmer said that he'd be back, I think it was 10 to 14 days, he hoped. That would get him there for the end of the third OTA week in time for mandatory minicamp the week after. I want to go over the linebacker position battle today. I wrote about this on Friday at zonecoverage.com. Just getting to it now. Linebacker, to me, is one of the more unpredictable positions. The Vikings have kept six, seven, or eight linebackers, respectively, in Mike Zimmer's three years. So that's a position where they felt like they've had wiggle room when it comes to the 53-man roster. Chad Greenway retires. Audie Cole goes to Jacksonville. So the Vikings have two departures and a number of arrivals. Ben Gideon and Elijah Lee via the draft. Sean Washington and Eric Wilson in undrafted free agency. They retain Anthony Barr, Eric Kendricks, Emmanuel Lemur, Edmund Robinson, Kentrell Brothers. So we've talked about on this show how it's a, a four- or five-man race for that third linebacker role. Who is going to be the run stopper? Who's going to be the two-down linebacker to fill the Chad Greenway position? I don't think you want to pigeonhole necessarily certain guys in certain roles because the Vikings encourage positional flexibility. They want you to be able to play maybe the Mike and the Will. You are rarely just strictly an inside linebacker. I mean, look at Eric Hendricks. He's playing the Mike, but he'd also be very good as an outside guy. So I don't think there are necessarily two guys who could only play outside, two guys who could maybe play inside. They definitely have that preference and maybe a better skill set for it. But I think the Vikings are going to try every imaginable combination. And we're not talking about 80 snaps per game. Chad Greenway only played 38.7% of the snaps last year. So it's not really a full-time role we're looking for. I thought Ben Gideon looked really good in rookie camp. We'll see how that translates to OTAs. Elijah Lee could be extremely athletic on the outside. Edmund Robinson was a training camp favorite on the defensive side last year. Didn't play in the regular season, though. And Kentrell Brothers, a second-round guy, still has promise. There are so many unestablished players here that I wouldn't even rule out the two UDFAs, Sean Washington and Eric Wilson, unless the team has an idea that one person is miles ahead, head and shoulders above. I just think that everybody's got a chance. So obviously your UDFAs are going to be on the bottom trying to work their way up, but I don't think the path is completely blocked off and maybe maybe even making the roster as a special teams guy. If the Vikings decide that when it comes down to it, they want to keep eight, as they've done before, there's definitely room. I've got Washington and Wilson as long shots. Sean Washington out of Texas A&M played with Miles Garrett last year. And Eric Wilson out of Cincinnati had 14 and a half sacks in three college seasons. 
both could probably play inside or outside. And then you've got your locks. Anthony Barr and Eric Kendricks. I think for Barr, it's an audition year. He wants the Vikings to pick up that fifth-year option or extend him. But those are the only two I've got locked in. Then I think you've got a five-man race for that starting role, but you're also racing for roster position. It's conceivable that all five of these guys could make the roster, and it wouldn't be that outlandish to keep seven at all. Lemur, Robinson, Brothers, Gideon, Lee. Not sure how hot a take this is, but I think Emmanuel Lemur could be in some jeopardy of being cut. He's 27, so he's reached a point where he really doesn't have a whole lot of upside anymore. He's he has established who he is as a player. He was okay with Cincinnati, didn't play much last year, but he's costing the team 2.75 million dollars if they keep him around. That's quite a bit of money if they don't think he is a feasible replacement for Greenway. I was impressed with Lemur's size from the get-go. He is an imposing figure, but maybe he doesn't play as tough as he looks. I think it could be one of those deals where Lemur might actually get the first look because he's got the veteran status. The team seems to prefer having the veterans at least fill the role at the beginning, but I don't think that means anything is set in stone, and I think Lemur's price tag could make him susceptible to be cut. And just the way the numbers work out in other places with, I think, a defensive line where you want to keep nine and I think a cornerback group that will break down in the coming days, but you may want to keep one extra there. I think it may be a six-man crew at linebacker. And if so, I think Lemur is certainly susceptible. If you have to do linebacker by committee, you do linebacker by committee. Because the base package is basically a sub-package these days. Many times those guys are only on the field for one down per series. You can get that from those four other guys. We still have to break down cornerbacks and safeties as well as the special teamers on this team, but we're getting through our position previews, which you can read in full at zonecoverage.com. The show tomorrow might be a little haphazard because of OTAs. I'll be there at Winter Park, practice at 9.30, and I think it might be preferable for me to cut up a quick episode after practice, after press conferences, with a little more information for you instead of further previewing the OTAs. So it'll be a later show tomorrow, but it'll be meaty. Can't wait for it. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Be sure to subscribe to the show on iTunes if you haven't yet, and you could leave a five-star rating and review. That would help us out tremendously. We would really appreciate that. If you like the show, just take one minute, leave the five-star, and a kind word or two. Thanks so much. It's Locked On Vikings on the Locked On Podcast Network. Is democracy in danger or decline? Condoleezza Rice, William Galston, and Carlos Gutierrez and others take on this question in the fall edition of The Catalyst, a journal of ideas from the Bush Institute. Surveys show Americans place less trust in institutions like the media and business. Others contend America has faced far more challenging periods and emerged strong. Leading policymakers, Bush Institute experts, and respected journalists take on this debate. Read about it at bushcenter.org slash Hey, Locked On Minnesota listeners, this is Tony Abbott here to tell you about the brand new Locked On Wild podcast, where my co-host Joe Bully and I break down the Minnesota Wild every single day. How can you listen? 
Just search for Lockdown Wild in your favorite podcast app and subscribe to bring Lockdown Wild to your device every day.